Hey folks, my name is Jason. I'm one of the pastors at Clearview Community Church. I want to thank you for taking the time to join us today. Before we begin, I want to encourage you, if you have any questions about what you hear today, or you want to know more about us, please reach out. We would love to help you, and pray with you, and serve you any way we can. Now, how many of you are step-by-step, practical, action kind of people? For those who get to know me, they quickly come to realize that I'm a very practical, pragmatic kind of guy. I'm a show me what needs to be done, when it needs to be done, and let's get it done kind of guy. That sometimes drives my wife, Sarah, nuts, especially when she comes to me with a problem and then I immediately want to come up with a solution. Not the best marriage approach at times. Well, over the past few weeks at Clearview, we've been taking some time to spend in prayer for the needs of our church family, our community, and the world around us. Now, as soon as a pastor mentions prayer or spending time in prayer, many people begin to feel guilty. That is not my goal here. Please don't hear that. It it is a simple question, but it can be tough to answer. Literally, it sounds like, so how has your talking to God been lately? It feels like I'm asking you to sum up your relationship with God with this question. And here's the truth of life. People who don't know God accomplish great feats. But anything of eternal value must have God in it, which means we will not do anything of any real lasting value without prayer. And yet, you probably feel as insecure about your prayer life as you feel about anything else in life. Prayer might be, at the same time, the most pivotal, the most puzzling activity in the Christian life. We know we need to pray, but we know we don't pray enough. And we're not always sure we're doing it right when we do pray. Should I even be asking God for this? Should I still be asking God for this? Do I even know what I need? I think one of the reasons we struggle in this area of prayer is for many of us, no one has given us practical steps on how to pray, what prayer looks like, and how we are to grow in this area. So today is going to be a little bit different. As a guy who likes action and pragmatism, I want us to take some time and look at what prayer is and hopefully help to equip you and strengthen you and teach you in hopes that you grow in your understanding of prayer and your relationship with God. So, first off, I want you to understand prayer involves a real God, real communication, real power, and real answers. But it also comes in a million shapes and forms. See, prayer happens in seconds short moments in kind of the cracks of our day, and it can happen for hours at a time. Prayer is conscious, personal communication with the God of the universe. It is not meant to be a religious box we kind of check off, not just to be a hurried, you know, place that we go for help or a vague abstract idea hovering over our heads. Prayer is meant to be an open dialogue with the one who created you, has a plan for you, loves you, and desires to be involved in your life. But if prayer is so important, what does it look like? So, let's take a moment and let's get practical with prayer. 
The first thing I want you to understand is you need to pick a time and a place. Now, some of you will immediately say, but you can pray anytime and anywhere. And I would agree with that. We're going to talk about that in a second. In fact, Jesus met a woman beside a well who thought you had to go to a particular place to pray and to worship. We find this in John 4, 20, 21. We read, but Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. The hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. So Jesus is saying we can pray and worship. We can worship God anywhere. However, I want you to catch this. The freedom to pray anywhere often leads to praying nowhere. We should absolutely pray spontaneously whenever and wherever we feel the need to pray. During a break at work, before a test at school, in the line at the grocery store, But the Christian life is fueled by prayer, so we shouldn't leave it up to spontaneity. One time, my wife Sarah and I were traveling in northern Ontario from the city of Timmins to Kaposkasing. And as we left Timmins, we were a little ways out of town, we realized the car was nearing empty. However, we didn't want to turn around and go back into Timmins, so we kept driving. There were no gas stations for over an hour. And we managed to get to a gas station, and I'm pretty sure we pulled in with only fumes left in the tank. You see, living prayer, leaving prayer to spontaneity is is like that person who waits to fill up their gas tank instead of being proactive. So I would encourage you, pick a consistent time and place where you can be alone. It might be in the morning at home, or maybe during a long commute, or over your lunch break, or in the evening. The times and the place can be different for different people. God's not picky. Don't make it more complicated than it needs to be. But I would encourage you, pick a time and a place to pray. The second practical step to prayer that I think many of us miss on is this. Listen before you speak. And now I'm guilty of this because I talk for a living. You can ask my wife, Sarah, once again, and I'm a talker in our marriage. So over the years, I've had to learn to listen a little better. When you pray, God is really listening. Jesus promises in Matthew 7, 7 to 8, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will be opened. God really wants to hear from you. See, we live in a world where everyone has an opinion. Everyone's voice needs to be heard. Everyone wants to share what they think. We don't do well is we don't listen very well. One important thing to learn early about prayer is that it is meant to be a conversation. When you sit down to pray, let God speak to you first. Let him have the first word. What does that look like maybe? Well, he may bring something to your mind that he, he wants you to accomplish. The Holy Spirit might remind you of something. Or maybe he might challenge you about an issue. He may speak to you perhaps through a friend, maybe during the day. He may speak to you through the lyrics of a worship song that you're listening to. But, and I want you to catch this, the main way, the main way that God speaks to us is actually through his word. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is breathed out by God. So I would encourage you to read something from the Bible. Even just a, a verse before you pray. See, those words from God are living and active.
deceptive, sharper than any edge, double-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. That's actually Hebrews 4.12. This is why Bible reading and prayer often go hand in hand. Put his living and active words in your ears and let them shape and inspire what he says to you. So, listen before you speak. Thirdly, stop and pray in the moment. Prayer should be prioritized and scheduled. We just talked about that. But the beauty and freedom Jesus offers is that prayer can happen anywhere. It is important to have your alone time with God, but it never needs to stay there. And I would actually argue it shouldn't stay there. Bring prayer into the cracks of your day. And I don't mean just before you eat a meal, you pray. When you feel the impulse to pray, just do it. One of my buddies, he is so good at this. We'll be at a job site working, just chatting, or maybe out in the boat fishing. It doesn't matter where we are, and I'll mention a need or something going on, which for most people, they'll say, I'll pray for you, which really means they will take it and pray later. But not Paul. <laughs> this is my buddy. He, he will stop and say, well, let's pray right now. And it felt a little awkward the first time, but I learned an important lesson. One way to ensure you pray for someone and their needs is to pray right there in the moment. It only takes a minute or two. It doesn't have to be weird. Don't be shouting in the aisles at Walmart. That's just weird. But take a minute and follow where God is leading. This is why listening is so important. It is recognizing God's voice in those moments and his prompting. So stop and pray in the moment. When people ask me about prayer, one of the statements that I often get is this, Pastor Jay, I want to pray. I want to spend more time in prayer. But the truth is, is I only do it for five minutes and then I'm done. I don't know what else to say. So first pray in the moment. Those are good. Short, short prayers are good. However, just like any other area of life, you can strengthen it and you can develop it. You can strengthen and develop your prayer life as well. So a good strategy is this, and this is the fourth thing today, identify your prayer circles. See, pray outward in circles, beginning with yourself, then your family, then our church, then your community, then the community leaders, then our nation, and then lastly, the nations of the world. You don't have to hit every single ring every single time that you're, you're spending time in prayer. There, there will be times that your heart kind of gravitates toward one certain person or need, some days, one family member or perhaps a staff member at the church or one crisis in a church or perhaps something in the world, it kind of consumes your time. But if you have this pattern, you won't kind of spin your wheels wondering where to start and where to go in your prayer life. So pray in circles. The fifth thing, pray about everything, like literally anything. If we are honest, many of us lack courage and imagination in our prayer lives. We have a tiny little box of routine things we are willing to ask God for. And we take on everything else, our questions, our frustrations, our dreams, we take them on to ourselves. We assume God's not interested in those things or he doesn't have time for the small details of our day. So we don't bring them to him or the opposite 
he couldn't possibly do something about you know, global things, you know, maybe deliver 27 million people worldwide trapped in slavery. He couldn't possibly do something about that. So we settle for middle-of-the-road mediocre request. We wait to pray about something until it becomes serious enough for God to care about it, and we don't pray for something unless we expect him to do something about it on our timeline. And so, and I want you to grab this, we deprive ourselves of his mercy and power in our lives. But this approach is not the truth. Ephesians 3, 20, 21, one of my favorite passages says this, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Do you have enough imagination to ask God to end human trafficking? We pray to a God who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or imagine. Do you have enough courage to pray that God would save 136 million men and women in the Shaka people in Bangladesh, 0% of which are followers of Jesus? Is that too big for God? Jesus says in Matthew 17, 20, if you have faith like a grain of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, maybe that mountain is sex trafficking, the slave trade, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. See, I believe Jesus' words to be true. I believe Jesus wants us to pray for big things and small things. Do you have enough faith to think and thank God Uh, for the things he's going to do, that he cares about your Monday mornings at work and with the kids. God cares about everything in your heart and life, down to the very smallest things. Paul says in Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about anything, your conversations with that friend, your sleep tonight, this month's budget, but, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Anything and everything, every day. Don't be afraid to pray big prayers. Don't be afraid to pray small ones. Pray about everything, literally anything. Now, if we are honest, there are times when we become frustrated with God. We pray and it seems like, seems like nothing changes. The last thing I want you to do in those moments, and this is the sixth thing, pray one more time. And I know it sounds simple to say when, when you are not the one going through the turmoil. I know it sounds almost insulting when I don't know your situation. But Jesus knew we would lose heart in prayer. Specifically, that we would pray for things for long enough that we would start to question if God was listening or might even, would he ever answer? But he didn't want us to lose heart and give up. He wanted us to keep asking, to keep pleading, to keep praying. In fact, he tells the disciples the story to get this point across. It's a parable about a widow seeking justice from a judge. She pleaded and pleaded with him, but he would not answer her. Luke writes in the Gospel of Luke 18, 4 through 8, For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice, so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, 
hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? Don't be afraid to pray and ask him again. The widow was rewarded for her persistence by an unrighteous judge. How much more will God listen to his sons and his daughters who continually go to him? And let me just, let me just say this, listen. God always answers our prayers. We may not like the answer, but he always gives us an answer. See, sometimes the answer is yes, and it is immediate. It's kind of a green light go. Sometimes the answer is no, it's red light. Sometimes the answer is not yet, kind of a yellow light. But God always answers. Don't miss this, God knows what's best for you, and he's listening, he's still listening. Are you still believing? So pray one more time. As we wrap up today, let me ask you, have you been learning and leaning on God and not yourself? Have you been enjoying communicating with God lately? That is what prayer is. Prayer is talking to God. The God to whom we pray is the all-powerful creator. So he is able to intervene in our lives. He is a loving Father, so He cares about our needs and concerns. And He is the all-knowing King of the universe. So He is trustworthy to say yes when it is best, and no when He knows it doesn't fit His plan. I want you to understand, God's desire is for us to ask Him for things, to communicate with Him, to listen to His voice, to come to Him with our joys and our struggles and our needs and our hearts. and it. It is not just his longing, it is his delight. He loves to be asked for things. Proverbs 15:8 actually says, the prayer of the upright is his delight. This means that God, the creator of the universe, who holds your life in his hands and rules over the world, is the kind of God who loves to be asked for things. In fact, as we just read, he delights when his children come to him. So let me encourage you today, make prayer a practice in your life. Go to God with everything and anything. Listen to his voice. Pray in the moment. Pray one more time. I am believing that the one who can do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine will meet you in your prayer time. As I mentioned, we would love to connect with you. Feel free to reach out. Maybe check out our website, message us on social media. It would be an honor to pray with you and to serve you any way that we can. Wherever you are today, why don't you just join with me as we pray. God, I thank you for your love for us. I thank you that we are able to come to you with our needs, with our desires, our pain, our joy, our struggles. We don't come to you because of our good works or having to use the right words, we, we are able to come to you because of what Jesus has done for us. So, God, I pray for my friends today. I pray they realize your heart is for them. They would delight in the fact that we have a God who desires for them to come to him. God, I just pray that they would have an ear to hear what you are saying to them. Help us to take time every day to communicate with you. Help us to bring everything to you things that seem overwhelming to us, and even the simple things of life. Help us to believe that you are able to meet our needs 
And God, I pray that you would meet needs. And through it all, your name would be declared great. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Well, God bless you, my friends. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great week. Take care.